This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Okay, Colossians 3 verse 11. Go there in your Bible. Worship team, we'll bring you back in a little bit. Um, let's clap for these guys one more time. They're just, they're unbelievable. These guys. Gamby and the Jets. We love these guys. Okay. Colossians 3, verse 11. Hey, if you are new to our church or you ain't been here in a while, we are in a collection of talks around our vision. We had Vision Sunday two Sundays ago, and we felt like God was saying to Zoe in 2018, 2019, one phrase, and that is all that matters. That word, all that matters for us, is really living a life without distraction. Saying no to having bad priorities, bad value system, and saying yes to putting God first. Saying yes to God being the priority of our lives. We're really saying as a church, all that matters to us is Jesus. Jesus will be first and everything else will take care of itself. Somebody say amen if you agree with this. So we're saying as Zoe, all that matters, and this is the last uh, message I want to give on this series, and then next week, I'm excited, Pastor Mike Todd from Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Pastor Levi Lusco from Montana. You know if you kill it in Montana, you know you're killing it in life. If you're, if you're doing good in Kalispell, Montana, you're a good preacher. So, so Pastor Levi is going to be with us. So this is the last talk I want to give around this theme, all that matters. And I love this because if God is saying this to Zoe, God is saying this to you. God is saying this to our church. It's very personal. It's very individual. So we're having to, to together say, God, how do I get rid of bad values, bad priorities, and put you back in the place you deserve because all that matters to me truly is you. All that matters in my life, God, you are first and everything else will fall into place. Watch here how Paul says this in Colossians 3 verse 11. I love this thought. Listen to what he says. He says, in this new life, just love that. Come on, people getting baptized. They're saying, all my old life has gone away, and I got a brand new life in Jesus. Anybody thankful you got a new life? Seven people are clapping. Come on, Zoe, you're going to have to help me. This is my third time preaching. I'm four coffees in. Somebody get loud. Where are the Mexicans in this place? If you're Latin, make some noise. That's right. La Bamba. Let's go. Okay, buenos dias ustedes. Okay. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, a circumcised, uncircumcised, Laker, Clipper, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Just love that. He's saying, when you say yes to grace and you enter into a relationship with Jesus, doesn't matter your past, your ethnicity, your bank account, where you work, where you live, your neighborhood. In this new life, Christ is all that matters. And he lives inside of us. Watch how he says it to the church in Galatia. Watch what he says here. When you're placed into the anointed one, Jesus, 
and you're joined to him. Circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. So he's saying in this new life, when you're joined to Jesus, all the religious obligations and duty and law and behavior modification, none of that benefits you anything. All that matters now is Jesus. And what perfects us? Do-goodism? No. What perfects us? His love. His grace perfects us. His grace raises up our life. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called Adjust Me. Now I'm believing for us to really have a life that says all that matters. We're going to need some adjusting. We're going to need some rearranging. We can't just live status quo. Keep going. Ooh, all that matters. That's cute. No, no, no. We're going to adjust some things so we can walk out a life where our priorities are realigned. So, in other words, Zoe, if God is saying to us, all that matters is Him, clearly in our life, that currently is not the situation. If God is saying all that matters, we need to change some things, realign our lives back to what is right, so that we can really walk in our God-given potential. We can really fulfill the call that's on your life. I'm here to tell you today, God has a better plan for your life than you do. God has a dream for you. God has a vision for you. God wants you to do something great while you're here on this earth. I wish I could get five people or ten or so to give me a witness and thank God that God has a plan. We're going to have to have some adjustments in order to walk this out. Let's believe together that God will come himself and adjust us appropriately. Let's pray together. Jesus, we are mindful today that you're loving, you're kind, you're gracious, you're good. Lord, we're asking on a day like today, open up our eyes so we can really see you. Open up our ears so we can really hear you. Lord, we are banking on you to come through. We need you. We are desperate for you in this season of our life. Lord, we don't just want you, God. We understand. We need your grace. We need your forgiveness. We need your love. Come and do something unique and profound today. And God, we're thanking you as a church that you have set your face to let the Lakers win the NBA championship. We declare this is the year of the favor of the Lord for the Lakers. And thank you that today the Seahawks will be the Rams. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Come on, let's applaud and thank the Lord for his goodness. Come on, just thank God. I want to know who your NFL team is. On the count of three, tell me your NFL team. One, two, three. Seahawks. All I heard was Seahawks. And some evil spirit in the back said Patriots. Demonic, we rebuke it. Church, just lift your hands this way. We rebuke, we drive out that demonic device of spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Um. The other day, my wife came to me, and she was like, babe, oh my gosh, have you heard of this chiropractor? She's telling me about this chiropractor guy. She's like, oh, my, he's amazing. Like, have you heard about him? She's like, like, I guess he can do just crazy stuff. Like, he just looks at you, and he knows what's wrong. He just looks at you. He can just tell everything. He, just, he can just dissect it all and just tell you exactly what you need. I was like, oh, you're talking about a witch doctor. It's not a chiropractor. It's a wish doctor, babe. She's like, no, this guy's everybody's cra crazy about it. Everybody raised about it. I'm going to go see him. I was like, you go see him. So, so she goes to the witch doctor, the chiropractor, and she comes back. And anybody that comes back from the chiropractor is always the same. People that come back from the chiropractor, always, they look, they all go, like, oh, my gosh. 
Just like so unbelievable. She's like, babe, he was uh, he was incredible. He was incredible. Oh my! It's like simmer. First of all, simmer. She's like, no, it's crazy. Like he just like my shoulders were off, and just I just feel so just feel so good now. Just feel alive. Like there's blockage. There's blockage, but I feel good now. It's like, who are you? Why do you serve witch dog? It's weird. But but she was just like so limber and fresh afterwards. I was like, all right, I'll go see this guy. So I walk in, I got a bad attitude. You know what I mean? I got a bad attitude. So I walk in, it's like, whatever, is the chiropractor, you're just gonna do the little whoop whoop and I'll be fine. So so I go in, and, but the guy's really nice. He's like a really kind guy. So I'm like, I'm giving him a chance. And I promise you, it's like, he's like no other chiropractor. He just looks at me, he just looks at me, he's like, okay, shoulders, yeah. One's high, do you notice that? One shoulder's way higher than the, other. like, of course I don't notice that. Like, I don't, I don't stand in front of the mirror and look at my shoulders, okay? So he's like, oh, yeah, let's just adjust that. And then, then he's like, he says my worst nightmare. It's my worst nightmare. He looks at me, he's like, oh, whoa, whoa. Kind of fills my side. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, these are love handles, bro. Let go. Like, no dude loves being, being, being hugged right here, okay? So he's like, he's like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, I should work out, shut up. So he's like, he's holding it, and he's like, dude, you realize this? Your adrenal glands are blocked. What are adrenal glands? What are those? Where are those on my body? And why are they blocked? Who blocked them? Why are they blocked? I don't want them to be blocked. Is this bad? Feels like, feels like what you're saying is bad. So, so he's like, he's going through this whole thing. Like he's just like, my whole, I spent an hour with him. When I walked out, I promised to God, I go to Julia and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, oh my, oh my, oh my God. That guy's amazing. That guy's amazing. Holy crap, that guy's amazing. I, I, I want to talk together because I really believe that in order for you to get free, from the things that literally are holding you back today, God has to spend some time looking at your life and adjusting some things. We can't just keep going status quo. We need the great physician to come in and heal us and revive us, realign us, restore us so we can be free to fulfill the call that's on our life. So many of us are stuck. So many of us have blockage and we don't even realize it. The reality is we've got to have an adjustment so we can get unlocked and walk in the call of God that's on your life. I just believe today there's a few areas in all of our lives, Zoe, all of our worlds that God wants to readjust and realign. Number one, write this down. The first thing, God wants to adjust my eyes. In fact, you ought to just make this a prayer of yours. God, adjust my eyes. Let me see again. There is nothing worse than having eyesight but having no vision. You have eyes to see but you can't see. And this is what sin does to us. Sin first blinds us. When you walk in habitual sin and you walk in, in a lifestyle against God's plan, what happens is first you start to get blind. And the enemy knows how powerful this is so he serves to blind you. He lives to blind you. He doesn't want you to see God. He doesn't want you to see the God thing. He doesn't want you to see others the way God sees them. And he doesn't want you to see yourself the way God sees you. So he blinds you. So many of us today, we are literally like dead man walking. And we are blind to the reality of Christ in our world. We can't even see God at work. We can't even see favor and miracles and doors being opened. Why? Because the enemy and sin blind us to these things. 
I just love the way Isaiah described this. Isaiah described this in Isaiah 59, and he says, when you get a lifestyle of sin, it you just watch how he describes it, Isaiah 59, and listen to these words from Isaiah the prophet. He's got insight on this issue. Watch this. Oh, if I can put in the right password. Nailed it. Isaiah 59.10. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at noon like it's the twilight. Among those in full vigor, we are like dead men. What's Isaiah describing? He's describing people that live in sin. You ever been around somebody? Everybody else notices something is not right with them right now. Something that, that socially you're like, they are off. They are the only person that they themselves can't see it. Everybody else can see pride. Everybody else can see addiction. Everybody else can see issue. Everybody else can see anger. The only person that can't see it is themselves. Why? Because it's called being blind. It's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to take away your eyesight. Why? Because the devil knows if you can see it, you can achieve it. If you can see it, you can have it. But if you can't see God and you can't see others the way you're supposed to and you can't see yourself the way you're supposed to see yourself, then you can't do anything in life. Then all of a sudden, the day is like twilight, and when you're around people that have strength, you feel weak. It's all because you don't have eyesight. It's all because you have eyes, but you can't see. This, this is the worst thing, that you can be in your house and not see what's going on. You can be in your marriage but have no discernment. You can raise your kids, but you can't see what's going on. You can be in this church and not really see. Come on, God wants to open your eyes so you can have full view of the God thing that's happening in your world. I wish somebody would ask God to adjust me to open up my eyes so I can see marvelous things. When your eyes get open, you say, oh, my gosh. I Listen, I don't, people all the time come to me, are your glasses real? Is your life real? Shut up. I'm blind without glasses. I don't wear glasses to look cool. I wear glasses because I can't see without them. When you get grace and you get forgiveness and you get Jesus, God lets you see the real thing that's happening and the insight into your world. And just love this. This is the prayer of Paul over the church in Ephesus. Paul prays over this church in a city called Ephesus, and he prays that their eyes would be open. Look at this, Isaiah chapter 1, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. I pray that you would continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. Did you notice what the Bible just said? I pray your eyes will be open because when your eyes get open, you'll see how awesome God is. And when you receive God's awesomeness, your life will be an advertisement of how great God is. But watch this. The devil knows it. So what does he do? He tries to blind you. You can't see Jesus. You can't see God. You can't see the cross. You can't see grace. So there's no power that happens in your life. Why? Where did it start? Blindness. You just can't see. 
So that's why we got to say to God, God, come in and adjust my eyes. Adjust. You ever had a pair of binoculars? And when you get a pair of binoculars, you grab those things. It looks so blurry at first. But you keep on working those things and adjusting that thing. Pretty soon when it gets lined up, all of a sudden you can see so far away. You can see it crystal clear. God wants to give you eyesight. God wants to give you insight. God wants to let you see the future. Come on, have insight for the past. Have, come on, have revelation for today. Come on, open my eyes. So the first thing I say to God, God, open my eyes. Let me see you at work. Let me see your word. Let me see your truth, God. Let me see myself the way you see me. Open my eyes. And then, God, open my ears. Write down number two. Adjust my ears. Let me hear with sensitivity. Give, give, give me the ability to hear you. Come, remember that commercial, Can You Hear Me Now? I wonder if God's saying that to you today. Can you hear me now? You never have to ask God to speak to you. God is always trying to speak to you. You need to ask God for strength to hear his voice. God, help me to hear you. Some of us, we've got blockage in our ear. We've been blocked by sin, by setback, failure, disappointment, situation. And God's trying to shout in your ear, I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. Come on. But your ears are so blocked, you can't hear nothing. In fact, when, when you have ears but you can't hear, you will lean towards and you will only hear the negative. So you actually have an ear towards condemnation. You, you give ear to shame. You give ear to guilt. You give ear to gossip. You give ear to criticism. When your ear goes bad, you'll want to hear negative. But when you got a God ear and you can hear heaven, you will hear God shouting, I've got plans. I've got hope. I've got future. I've got potential. Come on. When you get an ear for God, when the negative starts popping up, you're like, ah! Because my ears are sensitive. It will go so well for your life if you get sensitive ears. Like when people start talking bad behind somebody's back, I'm always like, stop it. You need a chiropractor. Because my ears are trained to hear godliness, wisdom. I don't give ear to all this stuff. So some of us need... You, it's almost like you got too much, I don't want to call it wax, but maybe this. I remember a couple years ago, I was struggling because um, um, when, you know, when you fly and you, you, know, you get the air pressure and you come down, you always, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'll just be in front of anybody like this. <laughs> like nobody looks cool doing that. I never looked at somebody like, why? You're the first person I've seen. I'm like, so I was doing the thing, but my ear won't pop. So a week goes by, two weeks, I can't get my ear to pop. Can't get my ear to pop. So finally, Julia goes to CVS, and she buys this little kit. You can buy these kits where you can lay down the ground, and they, it's like a funnel, and, and you light it on fire. If you're a single dude, listen to this, don't try this. You need a spouse for this kind of stuff, okay? Some single dude tried to sue the church and lit his ear on fire. Evan, shut up. You're not doing this at home, okay? So... So, so, same with you, Nico. You know that's an accident waiting to happen. Kid from ABQ, light itself on fire. Anyways, so, so, but, but when she did this thing, all, it opened my ear. All of a sudden, I can hear everything. 
I couldn't hear anything. Now it's like, oh my gosh, Julia, that kid's crying. That kid, go help the kids. They're crying up there. Because now I can hear everything. And some of us, you're trying to walk and you're barely making it. Why? Because you can't even hear God speak over you. And God shouted, I love you. I'm for you. I've got plans. You're just like, I can't even hear anything. Why? Because I can't see and I can't hear. It's the ploy and the tactic of the enemy. Because when God wants to really do something in your life, he starts showing you and he starts talking to you. He starts with, that's why the Bible says, my sheep will recognize my voice. If you don't hear God right now, it's not a God problem. It's an ear problem. Because God is always trying to shout truth and potential and promise and destiny into your ear. So God adjusts my eyes and adjusts my ears. And Lord, look, here's the next one. Lord, will you, will you take care of my mind? Adjust my mind. Yeah. Write that down, number three. Adjust my mind. Let me think like you. I, I just love this about God. God is so into your mind. God is so committed to your thinking. God is so passionate about your mindset that God literally gives you armor to put on every day. And he said, put on the helmet of salvation. God is so committed to your thinking pattern that the Bible says in Isaiah, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast upon him, whose mind is all that matters. How do you get peace? You just think on God. That's why the Bible says whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is of good rapport, meditate on the things above. Don't let your mind get in the gutter. Has your mind ever gone bad? Seven people raise their hand. Has your mind ever gone bad? When your mind goes bad, you get really scared because you know, my, I'm not thinking right. My mind is in a bad place. I am thinking thoughts that are very bad and very low and very negative and not like Jesus. I'm thinking bad about others. I'm thinking bad about me. I'm thinking bad about the work. My mind. Watch this. The number one thing God is trying to do in your life right now, he's trying to elevate your thinking. He's trying to literally get you to think on a whole nother level. God's trying to get you to think in a new paradigm. He's trying to think you, get you to think in a new premise. God's trying to change your perspective. All that you need, to, you know what you need to change in your life? You need to change your mind. Because you will never surpass your thinking. The, the lid on your life is not money. Anybody can have money. The lid on your life is thinking. If you think well, you live well. If you think right, you'll do right. You are as powerful as you think you are. This is not Eminem lyrics. This is the Bible. Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So God could be shouting and promising, and all, but if you think you're, I'm no good, I'm dirty rotten, I'm shameful, I'm inferior, I'm not blessed, I'm not good enough, I'm not called, I'm not as good as so-and-so, if you, you, that's what you are. But if you think, I'm called, I'm favored, I'm chosen, I'm blessed, I've got a future, I've got a hope, people love me, God is for, come on, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I felt like shifting and adjusting somebody's mind to think like God. So here's the prayer, God adjust my mind. Now I don't need to think like Tony Robbins and I don't need to think like Oprah, although they're inspiring. I want to think like Jesus. 
What is the standard of thinking? That's why God didn't give you a spirit of self-motivation. He gave you the spirit of Christ. That's why you don't put on the helmet of positivity. You put on the helmet of salvation. That's why he didn't give you a mind like so-and-so. You got the mind of Christ. You get the mind of God. So now what's on my thinking? Now I think like Jesus. It's amazing how your world would just change if you start thinking like Jesus. So you get in a situation and you go, how would Jesus think? And you look at your life and how does Jesus think about me? And you get in a situation and just, because I get God's thoughts. Your life is only being prohibited by your thinking. The most powerful part of who you are is your thought life. So watch this. Here's what happens. Your thinking gets off. Watch this. It just starts to veer and it starts to drift. Negativity, criticism, isolation, comparison, and you get off and think. You ever see someone a year ago, they were awesome, they were great, they were doing good, and then they just whoop, whoop, just drift. And then six months, a year later, you get around and you go, they have changed so much. What's changed about them? Their outfits? Maybe. Their thinking. They think different. Hopefully, you're changing and your thinking is improving. Not getting bad thoughts. Because remember, the way you elevate your thinking, it's not by being around the best. It's by being around God. I don't want man's thoughts, man's point of view. I want God's thoughts. This happens even in the Bible. This guy named Peter has been rolling with Jesus three years. Every day, every hour. They play Fortnite together. They go to Chipotle together. They're friends. <laughs> Jesus looks at this guy. He goes, Peter, I'm going to build the whole church on you. You're my future. Next sentence. Watch what happens. Peter's walking, and Jesus is talking. Jesus says something, and Peter rebukes Jesus. You got to be out your mind to rebuke God. Watch what Jesus says to Peter. Look here on the screen as it comes up. This is in Matthew 16. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get out of my way, you Satan. You are an offense to me because your thoughts are only filled with man's viewpoints and not with the ways of God. You think like a man thinks. You think on man's scale. You, you're thinking is low, 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 low. You, I loved it, right? Like, I just couldn't wait to say it. And so, you think on, you, you don't think like God. Just love the ZST. S truck gets stolen. Nobody's like, God again says, this is, da, 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 da. no, no. God's going to do something. God's going to come through. Come on, elevate your thinking and elevate your life. Somebody thank God. Adjust my mind so I can think like you about myself, about Zoe, about L.A., about America, about the world, about my children, about my spouse. Give them a praise today if you're saying, God, adjust my mind. All you need is to change your thinking. So watch God. Jesus is so good. He's staying in front of you. Okay, let's open up your eyes because you blind. Let's open up your ears. A lot of wax. Let's open up your mind. Your mind is so limited. You think in inferiority. You think in poverty. Ain't nothing worse than a poverty-stricken mentality. 
poverty mentality goes, I can't sow a seed. I can't be generous because this is all. That's poverty mindset. Inferiority goes. Shut up. Inferior. You're not inferior. You're the head and not the tail. A spirit of inferiority wants to plague you and go, they're better, they get more, they get... No. God's got a plan for you. God's got something great for your life. Bad thinking. So open up my eyes. Open up my ears. Open up my mind. It's just, it's so in order to me. Because watch this. What I look at and what I listen to determines my thinking. So, watch what I'm watching. Wow, I didn't get invited. Uh-huh. They're having more fun than me. Huh, wish I could have that. So I see that and sound on. I listen to that. And then what am I thinking? Bad thoughts. What if you started looking at God's word? What God thinks about you. What if you start listening to this worship music, what God has? It'll change your thinking. So just, just my eyes, God, adjust my ears. Please, Lord, adjust my mind. And then just the last one. And change my, adjust my heart. Heal my brokenness. It is so hard to live a great life with a broken heart. That's why the Bible actually says, a merry heart is like a medicine, but a broken spirit would dry up the bones. It is so hard to, to thrive in life with a broken heart. Some of us know exactly what a broken heart looks like. You've been brokenhearted by yourself, decisions. Someone else broke your heart. Someone abused you or betrayed you, rejected you. You live with that brokenness. What I love about Jesus is Jesus never meant for you to live broken. So he actually asked for you to bring your heart to him so he can heal that brokenness. In fact, watch how he says it. This, I just, this is my favorite part. Worship team, you can start coming up here. Look at Luke 11. Sorry, uh, Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 15. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. And they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Wow. So in other words, watch what God does. He opens up our eyes, and opens up my ears, so I can see Him, and hear Him, and I turn towards Him, so He can heal my heart. Listen, you cannot heal your own heart. And no relationship on this earth is going to heal your brokenness. Only Jesus, the great physician, can put you back together again, and bind up the brokenness that is plaguing your life. Only God can do that. Only, only our Jesus. He is the great physician. He can heal your brokenness. You might be broken from your upbringing. You might be broken from circumstance. You might be here today going like, I know I got on a good clothes, but I'm broken on the inside. That's all right. Good news. Turn to Jesus. He will touch and heal your heart. He's so good. He just... He doesn't want you to live with a broken, tattered, run-down heart. So he heals it and makes it better than it was before so you can literally walk out the call that's on your life. 
Just love this about Jesus. He is in the business of healing broken hearts, and especially those who have a calloused heart. I love Jesus. He's like, look at their hearts. They're, they're calloused. So in other words, we talked about last week procrastination. When you have a calloused heart, you fall into indifference. And when you're indifferent, you're like, I don't care. I don't care about anybody. I don't care about so-and-so. I don't care about church. I don't care about God. I don't care about me. I don't care about life. I don't care about anything because why? You're calloused. You're desensitized. It's layers, layers, years, years, sin, sin, secret, deception, devious behavior. And just layered up. Calloused by life and circumstance. Last night, I took the boys, my three-year-old and five-year-old, to go watch the University of Washington Huskies play against UCLA. UW won. Shout out to UW. And so we went, and it was awesome. And during the game, in the middle of the game, they honored the 2018 uh, women's beach volleyball volleyball team. What did I say? I said beach? Whoopsie-daisy. And so UCLA, 2018, women's beach volleyball. Beach volleyball team. And so, and so they're walking out there, and, and I was thinking, man, I didn't, number one, I didn't know it was a category. Okay, I didn't know that happened. And then number two, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And my first thought was, I can't, when I go to the beach and it's hot, I can't even stand on the sand. I'm like, oh my, I'm just like, shout out to them for enduring the heat. Like, these guys are like Shadmack, Meshach, and Van Gogh. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, so, so I, I, I couldn't believe that. They were on the hot sand, and, and the guy that I went with next to me, he turns, he goes, yeah, imagine how callous their feet may be. I was like, gross. That's disgusting. I don't, I don't want to imagine that. But I just, I love that word calloused. Because so many of us, you've come into church, and you could go through all the songs and hear all the messages, but your heart is so calloused. You're like, I don't know if I believe any of this stuff. God's good for them, but I don't know if he's good for me. you got to adjust your heart. Get close enough to the great physician that he can adjust it. He can heal it. He can touch your life. Because I promise you, if your heart goes good, your whole life will go good. But if your heart is in a bad place, your whole life will fly out of control. God's so awesome. He's so good. He loves us so much. He's not mad at us. Look at your eyes. Your ears, you can't even hear. Your heart is disgusting. He's so loving. He's like, come. All who are weary, broken, heavy laden, come. I'll give you a real rest. Let me open up your eyes. Let me open up your ears. I've got so many things I want to say. Let me touch your mind and give you a sobriety of mind, wisdom in your mindset. Let me touch your heart. So many have hurt you and and betrayed you. I want to put your heart back together. Come on, Zoe, let's clap and thank God for how awesome our Jesus is. How wonderful. Come on, I think he's worthy of a greater applause than that.